for me, I think I would tell people just check in. I mean, I think, you know, one of my sweet friends was like, I don't even know what to say. I don't even have words to say because I know I've never experienced this, but just know I'm here if you need me. I think saying something in the essence of like, I'm just here if you need me is better than being like, well, I shouldn't say anything because I can't relate. You don't have to, you know, right. We, we don't all have to relate to issues to know what it feels like to in a painful situation. Life doesn't always turn out the way we want it to. Millions of people get seriously injured or ill every year, putting their lives on halt. This may cause some of you to lose your jobs, your health, and more importantly, your sense of purpose. I believe that no matter how hopeless and helpless you might feel right now, God still has a purpose for you. This show was created to help you find that purpose, to inspire you to not give up, and to find ways to find fulfillment and make your life meaningful. It does not matter how dim your past or present looks like, as long as you are breathing, you can always find a way to say, my future is alive. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Christine Waters, and I hope you enjoyed this show. I'm really excited about our guest for this episode, but before I introduce her, I do want to mention a couple of things. First, if you haven't noticed, or if you're a new listener, I've been adding a song at the end of most of our episodes, and that will be a preview to a five-song EP that I will be releasing soon. So if you'd like to give me some feedback on that, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at music at christinewaters.com. That's music at christinewaters.com. Second, if you've been enjoying these episodes or you think it might be helpful for someone else, please feel free to share them with anyone and also give the show a review on Apple Podcasts. That will help our ratings and spread the news for those that need these kinds of of encouragement. All right, let's get to our guest for this week. Leanne Lavender is a blogger and amazing designer who partners with her husband, Derek, on house projects. In 2016, Derek, who is also a patent attorney, got into a mysterious motorcycle accident, which we'll talk about in the interview. I don't want to give away too much about their story, so without further ado, let's welcome Leanne Lavender. Yeah, well, thank you again for having me. I'm really excited. And just to honestly be given the chance to share our story and hopefully help other people. So for Derek and I, we um, are from, we're from Indiana. So Midwest, uh, born and raised. And we got married when we were 26 years old out of college. Mm -hmm. Um, Derek was in law school at the time. And I had graduated and was working. um, And we had moved down here to Indianapolis and was working and very, very classic, you know, newlyweds. Uh, we had only been married for a couple of years. We really enjoy, and we, I mean, we still enjoy it, but it's definitely harder. Um, we would design and renovate home spaces. So um, now that was just like on the side, um, right yeah. after we got married, we purchased a little property here in Indy and um, ended up renovating it. Derek did all the work. I picked out the pillows. I did all the like, <laughs> interior design stuff and he did you know, all the manual labor to it. And um, yeah, so we'd been living there for a year and a half. And that really like, uh, we lived in a tiny house, um, Mm -hmm. like I said, that he had renovated. So that consumed a lot of our weekends was working on the house and 
uh, we do have a really good group of friends here that we enjoy hanging out with. So um, we do like to host parties and things like that. So we were always like, you know, hosting a Memorial Day party and having friends over camping out. Um, and then, of course, visiting our families as well. So I yeah, I mean, life has changed a lot. I mean, we were mm -hmm. only married for it was almost three years um, when the accident happened, but it was going oh. perfectly smooth mm -hmm. <laughs> and well. Yeah. Walk us through that day, like when the accident happened. Yeah. So um, just to like kind of back up and let everyone know. So my husband is, he's, he's a patent attorney. He's an engineer. His undergrad is in engineering. Mm -hmm. um, he did work at Harley Davidson for four years in their test engineering facility. So he had been riding motorcycles since he was 16. This was a pretty, I mean, I didn't grow up around motorcycles. It always made me a little bit nervous, but he, he you know, wore all the gear and yeah. did all the things I'd actually surprised him with his dream bike um the year before for his birthday which now is like uh, just makes me sad um yeah. but he did you know pretty much rode his bike every day to work if it was nice enough outside to do so so um it was just a, a wednesday morning nothing crazy about it um it was a june 15th 2016 um he left for work at uh, 6 a.m well he left at 5 30 the accident i believe happened around 6 Mm -hmm. um, 620, I think is what time they think it happened at. Um, but yeah, I mean, nothing crazy. The one thing I do specifically remember is, um, I woke up that morning and I said, Hey, I think it's supposed to rain tonight. Are you sure you don't want to take the truck? And he was like, no, I'll be fine. And he kissed me on the head and he, and he walked out. And I remember, I mean, it is crazy. Like when you go through a tragedy, how you can just like, you just remember, at least for me, I remember everything. I remember yeah. what I was wearing, waking up. Um, so, uh, I went back to bed and then at like around 7am, my phone, he called my phone and I was mm. like, Oh, that's weird. I bet he like, maybe he forgot his laptop or something. Um, but he had actually gone to voicemail. Like I didn't see that I had missed a call until it was too late. So I checked my voicemail and it was a guy named David from the local hospital here called and just said like, it's lavender, like your husband's been in a serious accident. You need to like get down here as soon as possible. So I you know, scrambled, tried to throw myself together and, um, called back. And I just said like, what's going on? Like, can you tell me anything? And he just said, I, I can't, I can't tell you anything. You just need to get down here. It's like, is he alive? And he said, he, he is, I believe he said he is alive for now, but I might be adding that for now in there, but whatever it was, it was a sense of like, Oh, that's not good. Like, it wasn't like, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, he's fine. He's in, you know, he's with the doctor. It was just like, you need to like get here now. Wow. Um, yeah. So we we live here in Indy. Our, our families don't live here. So I called his mom and then my parents. They both live about two hours away. Mm -hmm. And they started driving in to Indianapolis. And a um, couple hours into the, you know, being at the emergency room, I was just waiting there. Um, the doctors did come in and tell me that he had um, suffered from a spinal cord injury. And um, at the time, you know, we don't, we didn't know anyone who was paralyzed. I, you know, I knew what a spinal cord injury was, but yeah. I, my instant thought was like, oh, oh, he's paralyzed from the waist down. And I remember even my first blog post, that's what I put. Cause I thought that that's what all paralysis means, but it's mm -hmm. like, it's just so much more than that. It's so much mm -hmm. more than that. So yeah, that's kind of the first few hours of um, <laughs> Must have been of crazy. what happened. It was crazy. But yeah. like I said, you can remember everything. It's it's crazy how it just like stays in your mind like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, when I hit my head, it was like a split second too when it happened, when I hit my head um, in 2013. And it was like, 
weird how your life can change in that split second when the accident happens. But Do you remember stuff before that or is it pretty? Yeah, I do. Very, which is weird because people, some people who have concussions, everybody gets affected differently. But I do remember everything, even the process. Um, I, I didn't have any memory loss, which is good. But in a sense, it's like, maybe I should have just slept through this. But <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, I was just doing laundry and I bent down and to pick up a sock and I hit my head in a really sharp corner or a, a solid wood corner. And that was nuts. But. So when did you find out? find out that he was going to be paralyzed for good. Yeah. Um, pretty much right then. I mean, they came in. Ugh. So I remember he, he, you know, the doctor said that and I was able to go back and, um, give Derek a kiss before he headed back to his surgery. They're like, we, he needs to get surgery now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they must've been prepping him because as they're prepping him, they, what the surgeon came, his name was Dr. Savage. I remember thinking that that was a really funny doctor's name. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That they believe it was shattered and that there was no chance of him mm. walking again. And I, I'm just like, I'm such an optimistic person that it was just like, Oh, it's, we're, we're going to do this. Like, it's okay. Yeah. We've got this. Not really even, I mean, I don't think it really sunk in for us until about six months after he got out of the hospital of like, Oh no, like this is, this is yeah. permanent and this is, these are the adjustments we're going to need to make. So he, he did have a lot at, with mo- most motorcycle injuries. He did have a lot of other injuries as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he broke both of his, his arms, his, both of his hands. He busted the back of his skull. Um, his lungs had collapsed. He, I mean, his nose, he broke his eye socket. He's lost oh hearing goodness. in his right ear. He was really banged up. So um, no one, at this point, they don't really know what happened. I know some people are gonna be like, well, what happened? He was on um, on an exit ramp getting off to go to work. So he was like less than a half a mile from his office. Mm-hmm. And um, where the exit ramp is at, people are merging on as he's trying to get off. And I'm guessing there was just a mix up in traffic. No one really saw it. So or at least the people who saw it claimed they didn't know what happened. Wow. Um, and he hit the inner pet, like it was an underpass and he slid across that cement underpass and there was like a cement whole thing there he hit yeah um thank god he survived i mean it could have right have definitely killed him yeah so how did he take it how do you think he took the injury at first and then over time yeah that's a great question um so he the first couple weeks in the icu he was very out of it i mean they you know they keep you pretty sedated in there and then once he came to, I remember the day that they kind of told him of his injuries. Um, I actually have it on video of us trying to explain to him what was happening. And mm-hmm. he's just, his personality, he's very like, okay, we're going to do this. I got to, you know, just nose to the grind. We're going to figure this out. Um, but that's not to say it isn't discouraging. We haven't had bouts of depression and other things like that that happen, you know, when you find out. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, your whole life has changed. Um so he's, he was in ICU for a month. Um, and then we transferred up to, it's now called the Shirley Ryan. Um, I think it's a it might, it's either ability or agility lab up in Chicago. So we were there for three months, just learning to put socks on and how to roll over and, you know, all the things that come. So with his, oh, I should have said this earlier with his spinal cord injury, he's a T4, wherever you injure your spinal cord at, that's where you're going to lose function at. 
I see. Um, it is, it is just, so it's totally different depending on, so some people you might see have full abs and can, you know, move around and they're right. usually the ones doing all the crazy stuff. It's cause they, they have ab function. Um, there's, you know, the quads who maybe don't have all hand function, little hand function. There's some quads like Christopher Reeve who have no hand function at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek is a T4, so he's paralyzed from the armpits down. So he has wow. no feeling or movement, um, the hardest thing for him is he has no core. So he can't, mm. you know, turning his balance is a little bit off, but he is able to drive now and he works full time. Okay. Um, yeah. He's very independent. Thankfully. Yeah. Thankfully. And how did you take it? Like after a while, you said you went through depression. I, I was talking to my friend. Um, he's my co-writer on some songs that we've written together, but he's also a psychotherapist. And he was saying that how you, pretty much have to go through the grieving process of your life changing completely. Did you notice that with your experience? Absolutely. And um, I think we had listened to a sermon. It, was, it must have been a couple weeks. We were in rehab at the time. And they were talking about how no matter what happens in your life, like the hardest thing you've ever gone through is the hardest thing you've ever gone through. So you are going to grieve that as if it is the hardest thing you've ever gone through. So when you're 16 and your boyfriend breaks up with you, that, that initial grief stage can feel just as traumatic as like a parent dying, because that's the hardest thing that's ever happened to you. Um, So that was that part of like learning how the grief stages work and processing it well. And then also realizing that like, when friends, you know, we don't, we didn't know anyone at the time who'd ever gone in through anything like this, mm-hmm. but you know, as humans, we want to relate. And so we did have people, you know, relating with us of like, oh yeah. I mean, literally one time someone said like, I remember I sprained my ankle and was on crutches for like two weeks. And I was like, yeah, that, that's like a little different, but I get it because if at the time, if that was the hardest thing, you are right. going to use that to try to relate to people. So yeah, I think, um, it was it how did I initially hand it I think I initially was like cheerleader rah rah we're gonna do this Mm -hmm. and then I I slowly kind of backed up and realized like okay stuffing down these emotions is not going to help me process this like I need to like if if something is painful I need to run towards it and process it and then Mm -hmm. move on instead of just stuffing it down do you think writing your blog um has helped you process some of the yeah, I think, I mean, the blog, honestly, it slowed down a little bit just because it's like, I don't have, I feel like we are kind of through that processing stage, mm-hmm. especially initially. So we, we had the house blog. It was just to like monitor, um, just to keep our friends and family up to date with like the renovations and things like that of our house. And then after Derek's accident, we like swung that into just me keeping people updated with what was going on. And mm-hmm. I didn't even intend it to turn into anything. It really was just like, okay, people want to know how to pray for us this is a really simple way to just cut to it. I'll just update every two to three days. People can Mm -hmm. specifically pray for his left lung. They can specifically pray for um, this trauma or this doctor or whatever. And um, it was very, I think it was helpful for me to to process it. Um, I really enjoy writing, but also to like, just keep everyone accurately up to date and not like, oh, I heard the lavenders did this, or I heard this is happening. Like it was a really good, way to keep people in tune with what was happening so that's cool yeah I, I read in one of your posts um it was this was about two years into the journey 
and you said a line needs to be drawn at some point. There's a difference between playing the victim and processing, and we all need to be careful in not letting our trials and circumstances give us an excuse to wallow. I thought that was really good, and I was wondering, like, how did you draw that line? It, I think this was when you were deciding, okay, he's not making any more progress, we gotta stop physical therapy. And it seems like the transition from trying to get somewhat back to a, a previous normal to a new normal or to a new reality. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it can be really easy. We all do it. We all wallow in situations that just don't seem fair. And yeah. I mean, I'm going to sound like my mother. Life isn't fair. And that's just how it is. <laughs> um, but sure, uh, yeah. moving forward and just figuring out like, okay, what's, you know, what can I do here? Um, wallowing only hurts yourself. It only mm -hmm. hurts yourself. No one else benefits from it. You don't benefit from it. Um, and the one thing that I have like really kind of been learning even, especially this past year is just like, you know, we all have this like plan A for our life, this dream that we want is going to happen. And what yeah. happens when our plan B happens and it isn't plan A. I mean, I think we're so used to seeing these like amazing before and afters, like, mm -hmm. oh, they were injured and then they walk again or Oh, yeah. they found out they can't have kids. And then all of a sudden they miraculously got pregnant. Like that doesn't always happen. There's a reason that those are miracle stories is because for most people, your plan B isn't your plan A and it isn't right. going to be as good. And, um, I think for me of just being like, okay, well, this is, you know, this is what God has given us. And we still have a lot of things to be thankful for. Um, mm -hmm. we always have something to be thankful for, you know, in Derek's situation, yeah, we could wallow on the fact that he can't walk, but we can also praise God that he has function of his hands. I mean, there's, you know, it was literally like three inches up higher. If he would have slid up three inches higher, he would have lost function of his hands. Mm -hmm. And there, you know, there are a lot of, you know, I've now four years into this, we've, we've met a lot of couples, you know, there's a lot of quad couples out there and life is significantly harder for them. Yeah. Um, and I need to be thankful that, you know, that Derek has functions with his hands. And yeah, I think just trying to turn that into like, you know, it's okay if some days you just need to eat ice cream and be sad and that's fine. I'm not saying you can never be sad about, <laughs> right. you know, about what happened. It's discouraging and it's frustrating, but yeah. um, choosing for your whole life story to revolve around that and to not be able to turn that into something good. It's just a tragedy. It really is. Yeah. This news that you had that you just can't, he just wasn't making any progress anymore. What do you think was this, the thing that you hung on to? How did you come about to deciding, okay, we just got to endure this. There might be something better on the other side. I think, I mean, I think for us, community helped a lot in like kind of communicating with people what we needed and help wise, mm -hmm. because with, when people rally behind you and you're able to tell them like, listen, I am feeling really discouraged about this X, Y, Z. Can someone please help me? Um, it is so encouraging. And, and that's one thing I've learned too, is like people just want to help you. Right. And at some point we had to kind of come to grips that like, okay, he's not going to walk again. We did have to make that decision. Like, are we done with rehab? Is this, you know, are we just going to move forward? And honestly, not everyone agreed with our decision. Um, they felt like mm -hmm. we were giving up. Yeah. Um, but at, like I said, at some point you need to do what's best for you and your family. And well, especially talking for Derek specifically for him, he needs to do what's best for him. And he's like, 
um, I remember him telling me when we were trying to make this decision, he's like, I, you know, I have all these dreams of being, you know, a great father, a great husband, a great patent attorney and a good, a good Christian man. And none of them require me to walk. None of them do. And I don't want to spend all my time trying to get back to something that isn't really going to impact the, all these other goals I have for my life. So, um, you know, that's kind of the decision we made and, and I mean, he hasn't regained any function now. Now my heart goes out to those people who, you know, if it's an incomplete injury, if you look at Derek's x-rays, it is just crushed. Like I don't, you know, unless um, technology speeds up, which who knows, I mean, it might, they might come Mm -hmm. up with science, they might come up with something. Um, you know, but there's some people out there that they are slowly getting function back. It just takes a lot of time. And, and that would be a hard decision to decide if you keep pouring in time right. and money into that. So Yeah, for sure. And so you also said this, um, you said sometimes enduring is truly the only option at the time. So surviving is just one step closer to thriving. What do you think has been the benefit of enduring through that process? Um, I think it's, I think it's made us stronger people. Mm -hmm. I think it's made our marriage stronger. Um, we are a lot better. I mean, we'd only been, like I said, we only been married three times, three years at the time, but, um, we're pretty in sync with each other now communication wise. And I don't know if we would have learned, um, that lesson without the accident. And I, and I will say, it's like, I feel like this past six months I've been like, backing up my words a little bit and saying like, sorry about that. I think initially in my writing, especially like the first year or two, I was like, wow, we've learned so many great lessons. We wouldn't take this back. And I'm mm-hmm. like, now, you know, now that we're, you know, I've calmed down a little bit. I'm like, we would take it back. Like, let, <laughs> let me get that straight. Like, obviously we would prefer this to, to have never had happened for sure. Right, right. But the lessons that we've learned and um, the people we've met, I mean, we've met a lot of really neat people through this and gotten to talk to people and share our testimony. Mm-hmm. We just, we wouldn't have ever had that chance otherwise. So it's good. It's good. You, you make something out of what you experience, right? So, and, um, and there's only one way. I mean, if you don't ever share that life lesson with people and you don't ever let anyone know what's going on, what, like, I don't know. I think our stories can encourage other people in a lot of ways. And right. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so right now you both are facing a new challenge. We are just got that bad news last month. Yeah. Yeah. So we had been trying to have kids for a few years now and um, we just finished up after a couple surgeries, we'd end up doing the IVF procedure and they told us last month that we won't be able to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has nothing to do with the accident. So it just has felt a little bit like a double whammy. Yeah. Um, I think I kind of always thought like, Oh yeah, people have their thing, you know, like, Oh, we're the couple with the spinal cord injury or, mm-hmm. um, Derek's dad tra- tragically passed away when he was uh, 25 years old out of nowhere. Oh, nice. And it's like, Oh, maybe that's, your really hard life hardship and man, it just keeps piling on. I feel like we just keep getting hit with stuff. So, um, yeah, so that happened last month and we're just trying to process and figure out kind of what, what our next steps are. Yeah. Um, I'm really disappointed. We're really disappointed. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, so you, do you feel like you're going through the same process part of it again in a different way? Yeah, it's, 
It's, yeah. I mean, just like every trial is so different. I think um, I was telling my mom, this feels different in the situation that like when Derek's accident happened, um, everybody knew it's very noticeable. Like whenever we go out in public, people are like, obviously something happened. I mean, people will often ask him like, what happened, man? You know, Mm -hmm. people don't, you don't see infertility. It's not a physical thing. You don't see that woman crying as she passes a maternity aisle in target and know what happened. Like, it's just like, it feels a little bit more, um, like I should be over it by now. Like I just need to get over this. And it's just, I know for any woman or honestly family out there, I think we lump women into being sad, but Derek's like, I'm sad too. Like I want to get still, you know, mm-hmm. um, just check in on those people, check in on those people, um, that, you know, have gone through hard times. Cause it does, it takes, a, it takes a long time if never to get over. And, right. um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's, I'm not married, so I'm not familiar with these things. Although I am from a family of seven kids, but I mean, I'm sure it's really hard to approach, like, what do you say to someone who's going through this, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think everyone can relate, right? We've all, you know, there are things that you have wanted that haven't happened. And I don't Mm. know what that is, but you know how that feels to like, like, I would give any amount of money to make this happen or I would do this to make it happen. It's just not, that's not how that works. And um, for me, I think I would tell people just check in. I mean, I think, you know, one of my sweet friends was like, I don't even know what to say. I don't even have words to say because I know I've never experienced this, but just know I'm here if you need me. I think saying something in the essence of like, I'm just here if you need me is better than being like, well, I shouldn't say anything because I can't relate. You don't have to, you know, Right. We we don't all have to relate to issues to know what it feels like to to be in a painful situation. That's true. No, I remember I I say this story a lot because it was it touched my heart so much because when I was still like really terrible concussion, right? I was still recovering first few months. I was so sensitive to light, I was so sensitive to sound. And even just trying to have a normal conversation was too much, so I couldn't do it. And my friend came and visited me, and she was trying to talk to me, but I was like, I can't talk. I just can't. So all she did was held my hand for a while, and that brought me comfort. And she didn't have to say anything, and she was just there. So yeah, you're right. That's such a good example. Someone's there for you. I was just looking through your website and I was like moved to tears literally because I was looking at how you guys, you have that, you're now like a consultant for making your homes accessible. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's kind of one of these like little baby businesses that I'm like, I love doing it. I just Mm -hmm. haven't, you know, I've had a few clients and it's up, but we'll see. Um, I mean, this is going to sound terrible. There have been portions and things of my life that I was just, I was waiting to find out if we'd have kids or not. And I think Mm -hmm. that this design thing was one of them. And I'm like, I don't think I'd have time for this if we had kids. Um, But I, I'm going to, I'm planning on getting a little bit more serious about it. So basically the concept is just to help people in accessible design. Um, You know, Derek has the eye for like laying out spaces and he could he could walk into a home and say, hey, if you tore this wall down to this or this, we could kind of reroute these things. He's got that engineer brain. 
Um, and then I do more of the styling. So we, we have gotten to help a few families of just creating accessible spaces around their wheelchair. Um, because it is, it's so, I think accessible design, people just think like, oh, now you have to move into a nursing home or it's going to look like a nursing home or really mm -hmm. dorky. And that is not the case. Like you can create beautiful, incredible, um, universal spaces. And I mean, Derek often jokes, like we're just 50 years ahead of our friends. Like all of our, every person, you know, is going to know someone who has a walking need at some point, they right, aren't going to want to do stairs like that. Is gonna be a fact. So, um, we just like, yeah, have been helping do like kitchens or bathrooms, things like that. To people my age building these beautiful homes and don't even think like, wait, if I, it's my forever home, I should probably make sure that um, I, a wheelchair or a walker or some kind of assistance thing could be used in here. So we are yeah. here to help if anyone <laughs> needs it. That's, that's what I think is really cool because that's why I was moved to tears because I was like, here's this couple who went through like, something so terrible, right? And now they're using their experience to help other people and I was like this is a great example to follow you know because some people they, they just give up and like okay I'll just sit on the couch I can't do anything anymore no yeah that's fair I it has been neat to like re-figure out I mean we've had to re come up with new like hobbies like you know we yeah. enjoyed golfing before mm -hmm. I was just saying you know with anything you know even you've experienced this like you just have to rework some ideas like whether it's your job your hobbies yeah um, spending time with your friends, what that looks like. So don't, don't give up. Just, yeah. you just got to rethink things. Right. Very good. Any other words of advice for people that are like new to this process of injuries? I think maybe twofold is just do the next, next best decision for you and your family. The next right thing. You don't have to figure it out all at once. It's a long process right. and give yourself some grace. I think that we fully we can get discouraged when things don't happen quickly because we're in the Amazon prime, you know, mentality of like, this should happen in two days. Where is my, you know, where's my cleaner I just ordered. Um, or now right? healing takes time. Yeah. <laughs> it takes time. So give yourself some grace. Thank you. Thank you for that. Ooh, and my last piece of advice, just make sure you communicate with people what you need because people cannot help you if you don't tell them. I think that has been really helpful for us. My brother-in-law told me when we were in the hospital, like people just want to help. So mm -hmm. you just got to tell them or let them, let them help you. Definitely. Yeah. Very good. Great advice. Thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for chatting. I appreciate it. It's been really fun. Yeah. Thank you. What an amazing story that was of just overcoming your difficult situation and facing it head on and making the most out of it. I hope you are encouraged by the story of Derek and Lee and Lavender. I do have three takeaways for you based on our conversation. Number one, it's okay to be sad about your situation. Just don't stay in wallowing mode. Number two, other people would love to help you but you do have to tell them how they can help you. And number three, just do the next best decision for you and your family, the next right thing. And then you don't have to figure it out all at once. Give yourself some grace. If you want to find out more about the Lavenders, you can visit their website at lavenderslongshot.com. That's lavender, the flower, with an S at the end, and then L-O-N-G-S-H-O-T.
gmail.com. You can also follow Leanne on Instagram. Her handle is Lavender's Longshot. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to hit subscribe. Also, please don't forget to give us a review on iTunes. I'd also love to connect with you through Instagram. My handle there is Christine W Music. That's Christine with a CH, the letter W, and then music. You can also find some free music from me if you go to christinewaters.com forward slash free. That said, let me leave you with another song from my soon-to-be-released EP. This song is called If Not Now. I hope you enjoy it. Until next time.
Secure to the one true vine.